Sure, I've been on the Great Wall three times, and uh, my son Caleb has been on the Great Wall twice now. And the old adage is, they say, never, you're not a great man until you walk on the Great Wall. So uh, I think that's what it is. Oh, I don't know how great I am, but uh, I know about some great adventures that I've been on. And uh, it's pretty sweet to hear what God's done in Sadie's life, that she's trusted him um, to give up the summer to go to Milwaukee and experience all that God has. But I wonder what God has in store for us when we're in this room as we take steps of faith and live this adventure um, of following Christ with our life. And I have the privilege to kind of wrap up our three-week series on adventure. And tonight I'm going to kind of talk to you a little bit about surrender. Um, what does surrender look like? And I just pose a question, and the question is this. Where is your allegiance? Um, and allegiance isn't a word that anyone use the word allegiance today. Yeah, they so. a pledge of allegiance. Um, essentially, allegiance, I used it for us, uh, kind of a fun little resource. Allegiance, commitment, faithfulness, duty. Um, those are my kind of contract different feelings in all our lives. As men, a lot of times we fear commitment. Um, sometimes we're not faithful to lots of different things in life, uh, like doing your homework um, and uh, studying for those tests. Um, a lot of times, duty just feels like a chore. It's my hope, it's my prayer that tonight that if we look at surrender, that it would be a duty that we desire to want and experience the Lord. So, what does it look like to surrender all to the Lord? Uh, when I think of the word surrender, I think of kind of a white flag, and you wave this flag, and it's like, ah, I give up, I give up. And surrender is a lot like that when it comes to our walk with the Lord, where we need to kind of stop trying to do our own thing in our own time and our own places do things on God's time and God's places. Um, but what would it look like, Lord, this word Lord, is, um, if you kind of take it out of a spiritual context, what is the Lord, you know, I thought of like, you know, like us knights and cities and castles and lords. Um, and essentially, if we were to kind of express the qualities of the Lord, it kind of be like a ruler or a master, um, maybe someone that has control or authority, power, governance, rule, kind of over a land or a place. Um, if the Lord was good, he was a good Lord, then maybe elicit reverence, honor, obedience. And uh, I want to kind of propose to you all tonight that Jesus Christ, as Lord, deserves just that reverence, honor, and obedience. Because Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth, and Jesus is the Lord of my life, and hopefully you guys as well. Um, so bottom line, surrender. Well, it kind of involves this idea of lordship. Lordship is kind of a unique word. Um, but what essentially is lordship? Lordship, at its core, is just unconditional obedience. Another way to say that is like obedience uh, without conditions. Um, see what I did there? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Unconditional. It's like so often, you guys, we put conditions on things. It's like I'll do X, Y, and Z if. I'll do X, Y, and Z if I'm allowed to do this, or if something, you know, all y'all don't like making commitments because if you look at any Facebook invite that you guys are invited to, what do we do? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, why? Just you wait until something better comes up, right? It's just like, I know all you that are laughing out there, there's an awkward laugh, like, oh, I busted. And it's just like, that's what we do. We're, we're afraid of commitment. Yes. No. Like, yes, yes. We know we don't. No, we want to live, live in this land of meaning. 
Maybe I'll get to it sometime. Maybe I'll work out tomorrow. January 1st is coming out. How many people going up to gym January 1st? Why? Because that's there tomorrow. And then come January 5th, they're back back playing Cheetos on the couch. Bunch of Netflix. Anyways, unconditional obedience. Uh, Greek, this word heroes, translates to war in the New Testament. Um, it's Greek for master or owner, originally a slavery term. Um, and I know John and Katie kind of talked about uh, two weeks we're going to kind of have this talk on race and identity. Um, and I know slavery kind of comes up with race. And I'm just going to give a short little plug. If all y'all aren't doing anything on Thursday night, please be here. Um, it's going to be off the hook, and I think it's going to open your eyes to a lot of things. Let's kind of go back to this lordship. Think of Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. And is he essentially the owner? Um, because if he died on the cross for my sins and bought you and me with precious blood, um, we have a lot that we want to have to give him. We've got to show that we death. are your obedience. It's unconditional. Um, so essentially, a slave or a bondservant in the Greek, it goes to doulos, which essentially means surrender everything to the owner. Um, if we're honest, uh, I like my stuff, you guys like your stuff, we kind of have our things and what we do and how we roll. We don't want to give everything up, much less our life. Um, so tonight I kind of want to look at three aspects of lordship and what does this actually mean practically. And I think these three things will come into play. Identity, priority, and community. So a lot of who we are and what we do ultimately forms our identity, um, which kind of begs the question, who am I? You know, John talked about his identity and race. We're going to plug that in a couple of weeks, like I said. But I think the better question is not who am I, but whose am I? Um, because if Jesus is your Lord, you're ultimately him, ultimately his. And um, so we've got identity and priority. The things that matter, most of us often become priorities. You know, the things that you do day in and day out, you make them a priority. If you go to class, you make them a priority. You hang out with your boyfriend and girlfriend, you make that a priority. Um, you go to bed at night, you make that a priority. You eat some food, you make that a priority. You guys get the point. We make things priority that are meaningful to us and that matter to us. And then ultimately, lastly, community. Um, those that we hang with or surround ourselves with, i.e., that's our community. And a lot of the people that we hang with are going to influence who we are and what we do. Um, if you're at a house party, you're probably going to act a little different. If you're hanging out at a crew, you're probably going to act a little some of you, I don't like to kind of put your feet in two different worlds and kind of be like, hey, this is kind of fun. But after a while, it gets old. And it's like, I kind of can't keep up these two images. Why? Because you kind of wrestle with this idea of lordship. I want to read this quote. It's kind of a sweet quote by this gal named Rebecca Manley Pippert. Um, Whatever controls us is our lord. The person who seeks power is controlled by power. The person who seeks acceptance is controlled by acceptance. We do not control ourselves. We are controlled by the Lord of our lives. So I was kind of getting ready for this talk. I this word Lord was coming up, and I couldn't help but think of the Lord of the Rings. Any Lord of the Rings fans out there? Yeah. Okay, Lord of the Rings. So I, I, I thought I might as well show a little clip from Lord of the Rings. If you guys haven't seen Lord of the Rings, I'm sorry. Um, I'll give you a quick little synopsis here. Um, kind of set the stage. My friend, Samwise Gamgee, uh, Pearl Baggins, and this kind of creepy guy named Gollum. And uh, the reason he's creepy because something became born of his life. And uh, it's this ring. And this ring essentially has rule or power um, over anyone that kind of holds this ring. And you will see how this plays out 
as Bella wrestling with the string. And just bear with me, ladies. It's kind of a little bit of a gruesome scene, so don't look away. That's okay. I just want to have a great time. But take a look at how things transpire in the midst of this swing. Never let what's in here go. 
you have surrender, whatever that is. Um, you guys can put your hands down now. Um, you see, some of us might be like this with something. I don't know what your something is. Maybe it's binge watching Stranger Things on Netflix and you're not ready to do that up yet. I don't know. But I'll tell you some things that I was holding on to. Uh, and mine didn't necessarily look so much like this, but maybe it looked a little bit like this. Uh, a little bit more innocent. And maybe some of you it looks like this. And they're like, hey, God, I'll give you everything but X, Y, or Z. So do you guys have a hand? You have two hands, actually. Um, what are you holding on to tightly? Maybe not so much like this, but maybe even a little pinky. Um, you see, Jesus Christ surrendered his life for us. He had two hands, and he, had, he opened them. And he opened them so that they would be pierced. And be nailed to a cross, and ultimately he gave up his life so that we could have our life. Not just physically, but spiritually. For those who place their faith and trust in Jesus, um, we can be rescued and saved. Because he saw fit to open his hand to die on a cross so that we didn't have to. You see this picture, God opened his hand to what was precious to him, but it's too late. Uh, for you here tonight, it's not too late. It's not too late. You see, my biggest opening hand moment to experience the Lordship of Christ happened my freshman year um, of college when I came to faith. See, one evening, I invited Jesus Christ to enter my life. It was in Panama City Beach, Florida, on Big Break with crew. Uh, let's throw back 2001. Um, I got a little bit more retro clothes going on there. We were hipster before hipster were cool. Uh, but yeah, I was on big break with crew. It was the first time in my life that I truly recognized my need for Jesus to be Lord in my life. In every area of my life. It was time to stop trying to make myself right by being a good person and following all the religious rules. It was time to surrender my life in the hands of my Lord and my Savior. You see, I, I believe that you guys can't ultimately have an open hand with your life if Jesus isn't Lord of your life. You see, if we're surrendered to Jesus and he's Lord of our life, we'll be willing to do what he wants us to do, say what he wants us to say, give what he wants us to give, and go where he wants us to go. Um, and that's what God has done in my life since 2001 on um, Panama Beach, big break in Florida. My life's going to be drastically changed. Let's take a look at 1 John chapter 5, uh, 1 through 5. It just says this Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God, and we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is a victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? You see, God wants our hearts, not just our obedience. I know part of lordship is being obedient to him. Remember I said it's not about a duty, it's about a desire. If God wanted to, he could make you follow him. He could make you have him be the Lord of his life, but he doesn't do that. He allows us, by his gift of grace, to have a choice to follow him or not. But I think sometimes we so often hold on too closely to things that we think are precious, and the most precious thing that we can 
Christ. You see, he's not out to get us. He's a good and loving Father. And I want us to take a look at Matthew 6, 19-25. It has some helpful insights when it comes to lordship and surrender. It says this, Do not lay up yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is a lamp unto the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So you see, no one can serve two masters. Now I want to ask you guys this question. What is your treasure? You know, this is kind of talking about money. But your treasure is going to ultimately be what are you holding on to? What is your precious, as God would say? My precious. I got a little hoarse voice, and that was easy for me. Um, what is ultimately mastering and controlling you? What or who is the Lord of your life? How about this question? Can you still be a Christian and struggle with this? Can you still be a Christian and struggle with holding on so tightly to something that it's inhibiting you from actually walking with the Lord? I think the answer is yes, because we're all works in progress. But, but, that's a huge but, are you willing to open your clenched fist or your couple fingers that you're still holding on to to have an open hand with your life and let Jesus ultimately be Lord of your life. Or, we strive to serve two masters. One choice will bode well for you, and the other one, your choice will not. It's kind of seen here as someone was wrestling um, with serving God and serving money. So the result of that choice is up to you. Let's take a look at another chunk of scripture found in Romans. So Romans 14, 7-12 says this, For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. But to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue will confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. So it says in verse 8, Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Pretty simply put. Pretty simply put. Verse 9, He might be the Lord both of the, the dead and the living. So essentially... Jesus is Lord of the dead and the living, spiritually speaking and also physically speaking, so in this life and the next. Verse 10, we will stand before the judgment seat of God. We will all give an account of our life and how we invested it and how we restored it to the glory of God. And bottom line, verses 11 and 12, every knee shall bow to Jesus, every tongue will confess to God. You guys see the themes in this passage of Scripture? See, God is telling us whether we choose now or at his judgment seat, we will declare him as Lord of all. He's giving us an amazing privilege, a blessing, and honor to 
I'm serving alongside him right now. Right now. Honor, we can surrender and confess. He is Lord over every area of our lives today. And live for him in the weeks, the months, and the years ahead. <coughs> and he wants that for us. He wants us to experience this abundant life, this adventure that we're on. And it only comes through joyful obedience and following him. And that's a huge part of my story and the wife Becca's story and our decision and process. Um, what we're going to do with our life after college. We both have education backgrounds. We both kind of had our student teaching and kind of our dreams, everything kind of mapped out. And then we kind of had an open hand with our future, open hand with our education and our degree. Um, we kind of asked, how are we going to continue to honor and obey and surrender our plans to God's control? And what did he have for us? And I just kind of want to walk you guys on my journey do this, and that's what it looks like. So, this picture here, that's kind of one of these pictures uh, <laughs> of Brazil 2004, it's like, hey, you're cute, I'm cute, I like you, you like me, but we're going to be spiritual, and kind of focus on ministry, but I want to get a picture of you, so here it is. <laughs> so, South Paulo, Brazil 2004, God used a punk farm kid from Prima, Wisconsin to have an impact in South Paulo, Brazil. And, um, that led us to interning in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, and that's a group of men and women that Becca and I had the privilege of mentoring while we were interning. And uh, interning led us to joining staff, and that wasn't an easy decision. You see, because as I, I opened my hand with my degree, and I said, hey, I'll go where you want me to go, do what you want me to do, so you want me to say, um, I had to kind of give up my dreams, my desires, my plans, and ultimately, there's a way better dream, a way better plan than God had. And uh, Becca and I kind of sought some wisdom, spent some time in the Bible, and God led us to some passages in the Bible that talk about Jesus coming back soon. And what do we want to do when Jesus comes back soon? Ultimately, I wanted to help people like Jesus. So God didn't audibly speak to me, but he said, Luke, do you want to be teaching kids how to kick and throw a ball? I need the physical education help. And I was in my eyes, uh, you know, you're teaching kids how to walk with me for a lifetime. I'm like, shoot. So I want you guys to kind of wrestle with this too. How do you guys identify the Lord's your life? And I just have these, these couple things. Follow your money, your time, your hobbies. Follow your emotions, anxiety, fear, sadness, and anger. Follow your daydreams. And I'll let you all do that when you're sitting in class. What are you daydreaming about? That's kind of tell you a little bit what's going on in your heart. Um, and that's going to essentially kind of erase the surface of the Lord's your life. You see how it's not a capital L Lord, it's a lowercase L Lord. So, who's going to be the Lord of your life? Is Jesus the Lord of your time, your conduct, your future, your love life, your dating life, your career, your material possessions? What areas of your guys' life is it hard for you that hold your hand? Um, here's some more pictures. So, since during uh, my, my 12 years on staff with crew, I've been to four different global missions partnerships. And God sent us to get into work in my heart as we've taken steps of faith to go overseas and bring the gospel to lost people and to dark places. And it's um, kind of started this dream of stinting. Uh, we went back to Sao Paulo, Brazil, 2009. We hit up a city called YC that was kind of a code name in East Asia in 2010. That was one of the three times I was on this wall. That was pretty great. Uh, I was in 4J in the Middle East, uh, predominantly Muslim country in 2012. And uh, that group of folks, all these people were from the campuses that Becca and I were on, um, Uni Superior and University of Minnesota, or University of Minnesota Duluth. 
And uh, it's pretty sweet to kind of be like, hey, what would it look like if we went overseas longer term on stinks? It scared the dickens out of me. And um, in all honesty, I, was pretty, I did a pretty poor job of spiritually leading my family in, in doing this. I didn't pray about it because I was afraid if I prayed about it, God was going to call me to go. And when I prayed about it, God called me to go. So she was like, you know. But it's been a fun ride. And um, this next picture just kind of shows our skin team. And um, the hood. We went back to the hood we were there in 2014. Um, uh, first on a mission there, and then we were on a stint there. We kind of wrapped up this partnership. We got to kick it with three underground churches over there. And um, this next picture, KP, if you want that's our stint team. Um, and it was pretty fun. I got to bring those two stubby little boys overseas, and, and uh, they got to experience the world. Um, that's the campus behind us. Our apartment's like right up there to the left. Um, I walked, there's a hole in the fence back there that I walked every day to class, the language class, because um, I was an international student um, for the 10 months that I was over there just so that I could have an excuse to tell lost people about Jesus. And as we wanted to have an open hand with our life to go where God wanted us to go and what he wanted us to do, when we re-entered back into the States, um, we heard of a need here in La Crosse that uh, it caused us to sell our house in Duluth, make a little road trip down south to La Crosse. Um, and here we've been four or five months now, keeping with all y'all, loving life and loving the Lord, and trying to tell you guys what it means to live a life surrendered to Jesus, have people be the one in our life. Um, we gave up friends that were like family. We gave up a church um, that was very near and dear to us. We gave up a house that I thought was pretty sick and cool. So if you guys have to come to our house now, I think our, uh, our house is pretty cool. Here on the cross, we got an appetizer tonight. Do you guys hear about those? Mm. We got some medicine. I need to get some medicine. But anyways, see, I'm giving something that I love up, medicine, to give to you guys to try to encourage you to go somewhere. But simply put, next slide, KP, why should you make Jesus the Lord of your life? Because something already is the Lord of your life. We need it. He deserves it because of who he is. He deserves it because of the greatest, the greatness of his sacrifice for us on the cross. And he ultimately is the only person in life that can be Lord of your life without destroying. God only had that mindset in this trial. I don't know what your win is, but I don't want this to come to me. Open your hand and let the Lord Jesus I want you guys to pull your phone real quick and take a picture of this next slide. Um, just kind of kick with the Lord sometime this week on your own and wrestle through some of these questions that can help you get thinking. Do a little gut check. So take a picture of this slide. Does Christ have control over every area of life? Do I believe that everything is under the Lordship of Christ? Do I turn to Jesus seeking His will and His way from life or my own? What areas of my life do I need to surrender to God? You see this idea of lordship, it's an ongoing process of surrender to Christ throughout our whole lives as we seek to follow him. So what in your life do you have so much of a grip on that you are not allowing the angels to go down to go back to A couple questions to ask yourself. And uh, simply obey, submit, rely, expect. Obey, submit, rely, expect. Obey that I'm willing to obey. Am I willing to obey whatever... God says about this area of my life, no matter how I feel about it. Submit. Am I willing to thank God for whatever happens in this area of my life, whether I understand it or not? Rely. Is there anything in this area of my life 
and I'm relying on more than God for my old Canadian life and expect. Are there things, are there problems or limitations in my life that I think are too big for God to remove? If you guys can answer these questions and honestly go forward, I'm one of that. A lot of your hands. You see, it's our desire, my desire, that we see men and women like yourselves have hearts expand for the campus, the nation, and the world, and all Jesus. See, we hope that you'll surrender every area of your lives for God's purposes, and that you consider taking risky steps of faith and experience the adventure of following Jesus in order that the gospel may go forth to every tribe, tongue, and nation, and that God will stir a passion in your soul to see lost people come to Jesus both here Heavenly Father, I thank you for the men and women in this room. I pray that we have surrendered hearts to you, that we would see you in the Lord of our life, that we would do what you want us to do, say what you want us to say, give what you want us to give.